Good morning. You all will have to excuse me. I still have allergies, something terrible. So I apologize for my voice. And I have a baby dedication to do uh, in the 11 o'clock service. So this is the first time I've had a tie on since like December or something. So I'm feeling really fancied up today. But uh, hopefully we'll see how well that goes as well too. But I want to remind us that next week at... On Easter Day, we're only going to have one service here, and it'll be at 10.30. So there will be no 9 o'clock service. We'll all meet together at 10.30, and Sunday school will be at 10. It'll be a short Sunday school. And come, most people come in their proverbial Easter best, and we're going to take everyone's portrait when they come. So when you come, come expecting to get your picture taken. So everybody's going to be here. We'll have some different stations set up, and we want to take your picture. And we'd also like for you to invite someone. So if they'll go ahead and play the video. This is a, a fun little video someone to church and it's about a man whose doorbell, telephone, slash whatever goes off while he's in church. And sometimes I feel like that's me sometimes. It doesn't usually happen because I leave mine away, but I feel like I have those kind of moments sometimes where I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? And it's a nice little video just to remind us that sometimes things aren't as hard as we think they are. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of, of heart for those around us. To reach out in the way that God's called us to. Right there, that's good. That's good. Oh, I'll sit by mom. It's a baby. It's our neighbor, Kevin. Hey, neighbor! Can you see me? That is a very high tech normal you got there. Very 2001. Space Odyssey, not the year. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's our neighbor. Hey, I brought back all your stuff I ever borrowed from you. All of it. Yeah, you know what? You just stay right there. I'll show it to you, all right? Remember this? That was fun, wasn't it? Thanks for that. I know I borrowed this to make them muffins, but it is fantastic at sifting through the cat litter. I'll get you a new one. <laughs> hey, is this your house key? You know what? I'll just let myself in. Stop! Hey, sermon's up there, mister. I'm trying to learn about my Savior's birth. Resurrection. Whatever. Hey, you go to church? Why didn't you just invite me? Daddy, why didn't you invite Kevin to church? Oh, please, like you invited your neighbors to church. Hey, welcome. Glad y'all are here. Happy Easter. It's really not that difficult. Hey, can I keep your nunchucks? I don't know why I like that, but I did. So I want to take this opportunity to, to remember to invite someone to church, not just next week, but any time. It's always a good time to invite someone to church because everybody needs the Lord and everybody needs an opportunity to have a closer walk with Jesus Christ. So this uh, morning we're going to do a traditional Palm Sunday service. And the title, I guess you could say for me, is, is More Than a Face in the Crowd. And I will have to admit that Palm Sunday services are not something that I grew up with. 
It's not something that I remember. Now, maybe I was asleep in the pew. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I just didn't listen to anything the preacher said. But I don't remember ever really hearing sermons about Palm Sunday. I don't remember the history. I don't remember uh, the different things. We, we as a, a congregation, I don't remember bringing the palms and, you know, waving them around and things like that. I don't remember growing up with any of those things. And yet it's something that we see a lot of times um, in our churches today. And it's also a, a great message for us to remember that there was a purpose to this. There was a reason to this. And there was something to be praised um, as we look forward to Easter next week. I want to take a moment this morning to, as we examine that, to look at Jesus Christ entering Jerusalem. And to take a closer look at the crowds that were surrounding him. Because when Jesus, especially at this time in his ministry, when he went places, there were a lot of people around him sometimes. There were a lot of people that were following him. Now, there were times he would get away and go by himself, or there would be times when it would just be him and his disciples away. But when Jesus went out doing great and wonderful things, it was bound to draw a crowd. It was bound to draw people around him. Some of the people had great needs. Some of the people were just curious about what was going on. He entered Jerusalem... We see a time where there were great crowds, great celebration into his entry into the city. And he didn't just enter as a man, he entered as king. And he entered as Messiah. In Matthew chapter number 21, in the NIV version, shares it this way. It says, And as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill that which was, that which was spoken through the prophet. Say to your daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Verse number 8 says this. Oh, they don't have verse number 8. Matthew chapter number 21 and verse number 8 says, And the very great multitude of their branches from the trees and straw away. Now, what I want you to see here as we go through this was Jesus Christ was coming in to the city and he was coming in on a donkey. He was coming in with a, with a foal. Now, I've never really been around donkeys and I've never tried to ride one. I've never had to ride a, a foal, a, a young one. I can imagine that a young one would be like a wild buck deer in some ways. I can imagine that a young one would be difficult to ride and difficult to tame, if you will. And yet we see where Jesus was, is brought these. I'm amazed that the people said, yeah, go ahead and take those. And yet, as he, he said, they will let you have those. And so Jesus goes and gets not a great war horse like you would often think about a king riding in. Not a great uh, horse that's, you know, of, of pomp and circumstance and all the wonderful things that we often think about leaders riding in. He rode in on a lowly donkey. He rode in on, on something that was symbolizing of peace and something that symbolized humility. It's hard to look like a great warrior if you're riding on a little old puny donkey. 
It's hard to look like a great, great king, if you will, in our eyes at least today, if you're writing something like that. And yes, that's exactly what the scriptures shared that he would be writing on. Matter of fact, if you'll pull up verse number four again, uh, Matthew chapter number 21. And if we'll look back at verse number four, it a very important distinction in this. It says, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And verse number five goes on to share this. It says, say to daughter Zion, say to Jerusalem, say to the people of, of God there, see your king comes to you. Gentle. That's not what they were looking for. And yet that's how Jesus Christ came. And riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse number six. So the disciples went as Jesus had instructed them. Those verses right there was done that the scripture might be fulfilled. That, that activity was shared so that we could see that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And that's part of the reason that we study these things this morning. That's part of the reason that, that we, we try to share this because it helps us to understand, church, there's not another Messiah coming. Jesus Christ is the only Messiah. There's not another way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There's nothing else for us to look for because he is everything that we need. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 17 is this. Do not think, this is Jesus speaking. He says, do not think that I am come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus Christ fulfilled every single every single one of the prophecies concerning him. He didn't fulfill most of them. He didn't fulfill part of them. He fulfilled every single one concerning him. He is the Messiah. We have so many people today that are looking for something else. We have so many people today that are, are looking in different places. Unfortunately, we have people that are searching in all the wrong places, looking for peace and joy and happiness, even salvation. And yet... Only Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. He is the only way that we can come to an almighty God. He is the only way that we can have peace and joy and comfort. He is the only way that we can have forgiveness of sins. You can be really, really sorry. But you know what? If we don't repent to Jesus Christ, it's still there. We can feel really bad about something. And yet if we don't give it to Jesus Christ, it's still there. It has to be him and him alone. He is the one that, that the prophecies all pointed to. He is the one today that we need and that we have to have. Matthew chapter number 21 and verse number 8 says this. It says, And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while the others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. I can just imagine the excitement around going on all this. People were, were spreading down their coats and, and cutting the branches and, and laying them down in the streets so that he could walk upon them or so the donkey could walk upon them as it rode in. It says, and the crowds went ahead of him, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Now, I didn't want to scream that, but can you imagine people screaming that out? You know, when you get in a crowd, sometimes it's, it's hard to hear unless you're really close to somebody. And so if you want to get somebody's attention, you holler out, don't you? If you want somebody to hear what you're going, you're like, hey! The other day I saw someone from church leaving Walmart, and I was in Walmart, and I recognized them, which I want you all to know for me is a great big deal, because sometimes I don't recognize all the people. They'll say, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, thinking in my mind, do I know who you are? Like, yes, we go to church every Sunday there with you. But I was really proud of myself. I recognized somebody, and I wanted to holler out. I said, hey, 
But there were other people around, so I didn't want to scream too loud. So I went, hey. I couldn't think of their name quick enough, I don't think, to call it, but I recognized them. But if I really wanted to get her attention, I'll go ahead and tell you it was Paula. I should have hollered out, Paula! But I didn't. And she walked out the door, and she said, I didn't see you, Chris. I didn't hear you, because I told her that later. I was like, I saw you. You didn't even speak to me. I imagine these people here wanted Jesus to hear them. And they didn't care who was around. They didn't care what kind of disturbance they made. I didn't want Walmart to throw me out. I didn't want anybody seeing me hollering, thinking, what's wrong with that guy? These people, I can imagine, were screaming out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Exciting. Thrilled. Just amazed. And there wasn't just probably one or two people around. Imagine a great big crowd of people excited. Imagine a great big crowd of people gathered around. There seemed to always be a crowd following Jesus when he was going places because he was doing amazing things. And so there was a crowd of people from Galilee that were following him as he was going around preaching and, and were wanting to, to, to be closer to him. There would have also been people from Bethany there. Because as everybody was converging together, Bethany is the place where Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. Can you imagine how excited that crowd was? They were probably a thrilled bunch of people. They were still kind of floating through the air, if you will, going, Wow! Did you hear what Jesus did for Lazarus? Did you see what happened down there? That would have been the talk. They wouldn't have minded if somebody saw them, if somebody heard them. They wouldn't have cared to scream out a little bit. There was also been people just pouring into Jerusalem. We're getting close to the time, if I'm not mistaken, of, of Passover coming. So you would have had all these groups converging together. All this big pile of people, for lack of a better word, casting down their garments and those branches before Christ and hollering hosannas, which means save now or we beseech you. This was a time of celebration. This was a time of hope. This would have been a time of great joy for most of the people. And yet, anytime you get a crowd together, we're not always all on the same page, are we? Sometimes people are there that are just there for other reasons. If you look with me in Luke, Chapter number 19. And we find where there's an account of the same story, but he tells a little bit different part of the story. And it says, And when he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began talking about not just the twelve, but people following Christ. It says, The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God with loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Wow. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This would have been an exciting group. And then it says this. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Lazarus heard the story. It wasn't just people that were following his teaching and wanting to hear what was going on. It wasn't just people that were, were you know, good people who wanted to be around Jesus Christ. There were also some Pharisees in there who said, Hey, tell that bunch that's with you to be quiet. Tell them to settle down. Tell them to stop saying that. 
There were people in the crowd who were looking for fault. And in their own mind they had found it. There are people that were standing in the crowd who were probably just watchers and gawkers. What in the world's going on? You know, what's happening here? We went to um, Barbersville yesterday. My wife wanted to go down and we went to Cracker Barrel. Supposed to have been a quick trip. When we got on the interstate, there was an accident. I don't know how many miles we were backed up, but it felt like a lot. And the road was closed. And so I had to get off the exit ahead of time. And I could see the police car. And I could see a fire truck pulling off. And I could see three or four people standing up there. I was supposed to be driving. But I really wanted to see what was going on up there. I was one of those gawkers. There was a car as we drove down these little roads that I didn't know where I was at. I decided I should sightsee as we're going. I almost ran into the car in front of me because I was looking at a church on the left. I was looking at the businesses on the right. I really wasn't there paying attention to all the right things if you want to know the truth. I was sightseeing. I imagine a lot of the people in the crowd were sightseeing. Hey, there's a bunch of people here. Let's see what's going on. I, I shouldn't tell this. I think I might have shared this before. I'm, I'm ashamed of this. Our little town has a... Um, festival every year called the Apple Festival. And we're supposed to have the world's largest apple pie, which it's not. We're supposed to have the world's largest pizza, which it's not. And we're, you just get together and you look at a bunch of junk and you take some of it home with you. <laughs> Amen? You get to see some friends and family there along the way, but I mean, that's kind of what you do. They got things for sale and they, you know, I used to, as a kid, go do those things. But I can remember one time I was standing in a crowd of people and, and we were looking up for some reason and I went like that. I pointed up. And then everybody else around us, we got to look. And I was just a teenager. And we were just trying to see if we could make people look. So we're all standing there like this. In the middle of a crowd looking up. Somebody, you know, kind of points a little bit. Maybe it was me. I think it was me. And we were talking. Well, next thing you know, everybody else is like this. That's how we are, isn't it? We just can't hardly help ourselves. There was this big crowd of people around. Everybody looking. Not everybody that was in the crowd had a true heart for Jesus is what I'm trying to say. There were people there looking for faults. There were people there just gawking. There were people there just there because perhaps they were fans of Jesus hoping that he'd give them something good. Sometimes we find that just being in a crowd, just being in the crowd doesn't mean that we're following him. Matthew chapter number 21 and verse number 10 goes on to say this. This is back to our original scripture. It says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Word was spreading and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The whole city was in an uproar. The parade of people, the stories about the miracles, all the wonderful things. This, this was the long-awaited Messiah. Some people were probably a little bit frightened. Some people were probably just wondering what's going on. Some people were probably curious. Everybody was talking. Some of them were probably upset. Some people probably weren't happy about what's going on. And yet... The message at the end says this is Jesus, 
the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. It's the Messiah. It's the king. What a glorious sight this must have been. How exciting this must have been. And yet, and we're changing gears really quickly here, in less than a week, in less than a week, Jesus Christ was standing before Pilate. And they were planning on crucifying him. And there was a crowd of people who screamed, crucify him, crucify him. Probably in the same way that the same people screamed out loud, hosannas. Could have been a few of the same people, probably not in the crowd, but you never know. But the whole city went from being excited or at least wondering what's going on to a group of people saying, crucify him. This crowd that he was standing before now was not celebrating him as Messiah. They weren't laying down palms. They were mocking him. Roman soldiers were scourging him. People were spitting on him. Even his own disciples a week later than what we just described, they abandoned him, ran away. Jesus went from being celebrated in the streets to being crucified with criminals. Church, it's not just enough to ask who Jesus is. It's not just enough to know what his name is. The crowds answered and said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. They knew who he was. Or at least they thought they did. It's not enough for us today to know that we need what Jesus Christ has to offer. Church, we need him as our personal Savior. I want to be more than just a face in the crowd. I want you to be more than just a face in the crowd. I want us to be servants of an almighty God who has him in our hearts. I wrote down a question that I wanted to ask as they get ready to play a video. It says, but does your faith in Christ ever call you to do more than just cheer from the crowds? And the title of this video is called Do Something. They tell us every time we share a message that we're supposed to call people to something. The experts say you should call people to do something specifically. I'm going to ask you specifically, seek in your heart what God's calling you to do. What is he asking you to do? We're going to have to get off the sidelines and quit being cheerleaders. Be like, Lord, what do you want me to do? What are you calling me to do? I want to be more than just a face in the crowd. I want to be a follower, a servant, a child of God.